Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Horror Nights in Podcast with me, your host, Crystal. I also have my wonderful co-host, the one and only Roxy the Kitty, who adds in her comments here and there, depending on the topic. So on this podcast, we talk about my life, my favorite horror movies of the week that you guys pick, also mental health pertaining to horror, and anything else scary. So thank you so much for being here. So I upload a new podcast every other Monday, uh, and I also challenge all of you listening to leave me an iTunes review. It not only makes my days better, it also helps other horror fans find me. You can also find me on the socials on Twitter at Horror Daddies R Us, Instagram at Horror Nights and Podcast, Tumblr Horror Nights and Podcast. I also uh, have a slasher and a TikTok. You can find me at Horror Nights in there too. Uh, so be sure to follow me on there because I try to update everything every single day. <laughs> um, I also have a YouTube channel as well. Um, I upload a new video every single week. Um, So just a short little disclaimer, I'm not a licensed therapist. I simply wish to take the stigma out of mental health. I'm always here to listen and also share my own stories. Remember, you are never alone if you struggle with your mental health. And if things get too dark, there is help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline can be easily reached at 1-800-273-8255. It's available 24-7 and is free and provides confidential support for anyone in distress. So let's get into the episode. Welcome to Horror Nights In Podcast. Scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. Okay, so for those of you who follow me on Twitter, you all should be following me on Twitter um, because I put a poll up every time I do a new podcast and you guys essentially pick what I am talking about because even though this is Hornets and Podcast and I am the host, this is your show as much as it is mine. So a couple days ago, I tweeted out... um, what you guys, what movie you wanted me to cover. And it was actually pretty close. Um, I did it between Psycho and It Follows. And um, it was 50-50 for a little bit there. But uh, Psycho did win, but not by a landslide. And I think a few of you, um, I know a couple of you commented and said, oh, I want to change my vote because I want you to talk about uh, Norman Bates and how uh, he was Psycho. Um, because obviously you guys know I talk about mental health on this, on this, this podcast a little bit more than I used to. Um, and I was actually pretty excited when this film was picked because it was my original pick. Um, but like I said, this is your show just as as much as it is mine. So that's why I let you guys decide and you came through for you girls. So thank you so much for that. Um, so I was reading a couple articles about this and obviously I'm going to link everything in the, in the, uh, the show notes. Um, so if you guys want to read the articles in full, uh, please do. They were really great. Very informative. The writers did a lot of research, um, 
on the film. So as I said, I am going to be talking about the original Psycho, not the remake. Um, I know, at least for me and a few other horror fans out there, we just like to think that the the sequel didn't, or the, sorry, the remake doesn't really count. <laughs> um, we like to pretend it's not there. Just me? I don't know. I don't think so, at least. <laughs> So obviously there will be spoilers, so if you haven't seen this film, I urge you to go do so, but I have to assume the majority of you listening have seen this film. It is a classic. If you haven't, I urge you to go watch it um, and then come back and listen to this podcast. So the first article, well, I guess so I want to talk about how this film really captured, you know, there's, I feel like there's, there's. A lot of different things you could say because I really feel like a, the movie making industry sometimes sheds a really negative light on mental disorders. And the mental disorder we're going to be talking about in this particular episode is dissociative identity order. It was formerly known as multiple personality disorder. So it's a lot of, uh, it's a disorder that many people have heard of, but maybe they don't quite understand it. Um, so that's why I think it's uh, a, good, a good example of this would be Norman Bates from Psycho. Um, so basically, the film um, was made uh, before the modern classifications of the disorder um, were sort of classified. And Hitchcock did a really great job um, creating a character that truly aligns with the diagnosis of it. Um, and actually, at the end of the film, a psychiatrist gives a description of Bates, um, kind of what's going on in his psyche. Uh, so I'm using as a reference an article I found on the odysseyonline.com. Um, the title of the article is uh, Dissociative Identity Disorder in Psycho, a look into Norman Bates as a case study for understanding a dissociative identity disorder. Um, this article uh, was published back in 2016 by Kajal Shah. I apologize if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Um, but his article, or her article, uh, is... I really liked it. It was not super long. It, <laughs> it made sense so that I was able to read it because, as I said, guys, I am not a professional when it comes to this stuff. Um, so... Basically, what the article is saying that uh, dissociative identity disorder um, comes from childhood trauma because doesn't all of it usually happen for us when it comes to childhood trauma, unfortunately. Um, so basically, if you are a child of trauma, you use certain things and certain coping mechanisms um, to sort of protect yourself. Um, so a child that may have experienced something like this um, they believe that the traumatic events are happening to someone else um, and um, dissociative identity disorder, which I'm going to start saying as did, so I'm not <laughs> saying it over and over again. So when you hear me say did, it's just the, uh, um, the acronym for dissociative identity disorder. So as I said, did can be seen as a coping mechanism. Um, the psychiatrist at the end of the film uh, pinpoints two times in his life where he may have experienced this extreme trauma, which is when he lost his father and also, of course, killing his mother. Um, the psychiatrist believes that Bates could not deal with have, you know, committed murder. Um, and therefore, he keeps his mother alive by giving her half of his life. 
um, which is why we can say that he had conversations with himself. Um, this is probably the most problematic aspect of classifying Bates as did by modern standards. So one of the symptoms from the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, states that recurrent gaps in the re recall of everyday events, important personal information, and or traumatic events that are inconsistent with ordinary forgetting, which is why it's unlikely for Bates to have conversations with his mother's personality. But remember, as I stated in the beginning, talking about this, um, there was no classification of this mental order. I, uh, the DSM was not around, I don't believe, at this time, um, which is probably why the title of the film, Psycho, was um, more accepted back then. Because back when this film was made, when it came out, it was sort of the first of its kind, and anyone that wasn't classified as normal would be considered crazy. Um, so this is what I was kind of talking about before, how sometimes horror films can put a bad stigma on mental health because not everybody you meet who has mental health issues is going to be a murderer. Um, you know, we've seen it in other films too, uh, The Dark Knight. Um, we've also seen it in more recently Joker that came out, um, last year. Um, also in, uh, Split which is a very popular film where he has like so many different uh, split personalities. Um, but unfortunately, because films are watched by more people than people who actually study and try to understand mental health, um, it, gets, it gets a horrible stigma. And it's sort of a double-edged sword in my opinion. So you could have someone who is watching a film about mental disorders and automatically assume that anybody who has one is going to kill them. Or you could have the other end of the sword, which is, okay, I want to kind of understand uh, how many people have the disorder, you know, are they killers, are they murderers? So, like I said, double-edged sword, catch-22, you're shedding light on a mental disorder when you put it in a film, but... Are you shedding a positive or a negative light? Um, and as I said, this film is a classic. It's one of my favorite films, but um, it's sort of, I really feel like filmmakers really go to the extreme, especially in horror, of course, because that's just, that's just how it is in the horror world. We go to the extreme of a mental disorder. You could give somebody, give someone with OCD with half the population has OCD, but then you could make them into a murderer and have to, you know, just, filmmakers can just bring everything to an extreme even though it does shed some light on it um it could be positive or negative um so he does display so norman bates does display another symptom of did which is social impairment um so this means basically the jealousy of bates relationships with other people specifically women that he projects onto the mother's personality so besides helping advance the plot line with the murder, um, which all of us know as the classic shower scene, um, this particular aspect of Bates' personality is what class really classifies him as did by modern standards. So disturbance in day-to-day -day life is often key in diagnosing pretty much any mental illness, which does make sense. So if you're doing something, a task, and you're 
all of a sudden overwhelmed by anxiety about something that you could be doing in that particular moment or something that could possibly happen in the future. Um, this is a disturbance in your everyday life, which is, as I just said, the key to diagnosing. Um, and pretty much without any of that, Bates might not even show up on the radar to need help. Um, so even though this disorder is one of the rare mental illnesses, um, it's still really important to talk about it and understand it. Um, so, and as I said, it's important to remember that even though someone you may know or somebody that you know of someone else or something, um, anyone who's diagnosed with this disorder, they're not a killer, um, which is unfortunately how it's portrayed in pop culture, as I said earlier. Um, so, (laughs) but you know, this film was made at a different time and a different place and some of the understanding, um, might've been a little, uh, you know, confusing to some people. So they kind of just take what they see and run with that. Um, another, um, article that I read, uh, is called Norman Bates is not a psycho and it's by Caitlin Tyree and it was published on medium.com and it was published back in 2018. Um, so she kind of touched on how, um, the did also it was brought on by a traumatic event um so he uh, norman bates identified with this disorder um by having two or more distinct identities um also accompanied by changing behaviors thinking and memory um so this also explains why bates dressed and acted like his mother he was both himself and his mother as i said in the beginning um So it also causes problems in social, occupational, other areas of functioning. Um, This kind of explains why he was a little bit awkward with his social skills, why he lived outside of the town, didn't really talk to a lot of people. Um, He was uh, sent to prison for the murders he committed when he should have just been in a mental institution, but that's another topic for another day on how how the justice system works. So, as I said, in films such as Psycho and The Dark Knight, mental illness can be perceived as violent, uncontrollable, untreatable. Um, Schizophrenia also is used very commonly in different films, television, to explain why somebody commits violence. Um, I remember the first film I watched, and um, it was called... the first one I watched that had to do with a mental disorder and I believe it was called hotel or motel or something. Basically the main character, um, committed a murder and he, it was all inside of his head and it was a group of people. They all got stuck at a, a motel for the night and they each ended up getting murdered. And at the end you find out that it was just this one character who had multiple personalities and schizophrenia Um, I really think that people, when they hear the word schizophrenia, they immediately get really scared because, um, of course it's a scary, it can be scary, but I think it's the scariest for the person that's dealing with it. Um, it's just one of those things that I know that not, it's not typically diagnosed in a lot of patients, but I know that, um, there are therapists that obviously do, um, cater to people with schizophrenia, but I believe it's one of the most um, non-diagnosed mental illnesses. I could be wrong. Please do not quote me on that. Um, 
so that's just something but I really feel like uh, once again horror makers horror filmmakers and movie makers they take these really scary topics like mental health because the scariest thing in this entire world besides another human to another human is your mind and your mind can play just horrible tricks on you you think you see something that's not really there you think you hear something that's not really there your mind can take you to places and make you think things that are not true about yourself about other people um so obviously horror filmmakers uh, you know filmmakers general but mostly horror films and horror makers um they really try to tap into that and as i said in um as i've said in previous videos and um podcasts the mind is the scariest place that you can go especially someone who has mental illness um so do i think that films continue to misrepresent mental illness i do um they're usually used as a plot device for murder mysteries um uses obstacles cured by love or portrayed inaccurately um there's so many different films that talk about mental illnesses nowadays. Um, but I really am glad that you guys picked Psycho because I think it's a film that was way above its time. And I'm glad that it still sort of resonates um, with all of us. And I'm glad that there, there are writers out there and there's people out there who are, um, you know, looking into how this happens, why it happens, and they do like an analysis of the site, you know, analysis of your mind. And, you know, we also know that um, Psycho was based on real life serial killer Ed Gein, um, but it was pretty much just a murder mystery with a mental health twist of being dead. Um, he began to think and speak for her, give her half his life, so to speak, at times, he could be both personalities, carry on conversations. At other times, the mothers have to go over completely, which is an excerpt um, from the um, psychologist, the end of the movie. As I said, um, you know, Psycho, it's a horror masterpiece, but as a betrayal of a real life um, mental health condition, it's definitely, I don't want to say it's, it's crossing a line, um, but there was a stigma that anybody who is diagnosed with did is a psycho, um, which obviously is the title of the film. Um, but I think as a horror community, um, we've sort of forgiven that title and looked at the film as, um, a classic. Um, at least that's how I look at it. Um, it's sort of this fine line that filmmakers cross and and it's more so I, I really feel like it's divided like are people looking at it as entertainment or are they looking at it as portraying mental health in a bad way um i would like to think that people can tell the difference between entertainment and real life but unfortunately most of our gender most most of the population probably can't i mean how many times have we seen that people are doing things, committing murder because of something they saw on, something they saw on a movie or the internet. Um, now, I don't want to say that um, scary movies make you kill people because I think that 
people make you kill people um or people kill people for many different reasons and to acclimate a film as making someone do this is not true and it's not accurate um you know violence in video games didn't make somebody do something um i really truly believe that um there, at least for the majority of these things, there's definitely some underlying mental disorder, mental issues, mental sickness, but it's not, you can't blame it on that. Um, and I think that's kind of what happens, um, in a lot of these films is it's being blamed on having a mental illness. And then somebody who says like, even, even now, like I maybe just got comfortable telling people that, I'm in therapy um, because it, it gets a stigma. And the thing is, I remember I was driving and I saw this billboard on the highway and it said, you know, you're not your mental illness, which is so true because a lot of the times what you see is these things are happening to us when we're children. So in our primitive years from like one to 10 years old or one to 12, however, however you want to classify and define it. Um, those are the times in our lives when our brains are developing and if traumatic things happen to you as a child, which is, we can relate back to Norman Bates when, you know, his father died of something traumatic and there could have been other things going on as well. But the way your mind deals with trauma is it can be, it can deal with it in many different ways. Um, your brain can, your mind can completely block out those things and you do things that you don't even understand why you do them because it's in your subconscious, which is where it gets extremely tricky when it comes to dealing with it because you are doing things and you don't even know why you're doing them because of something that your mind has blocked out from something that happened to you when you were a child. Um, now, Norman Bates obviously did not take care of his mental health. Um, and as I said earlier, he was isolated. He didn't have good social skills, but that could just be from how he grew up, how he was raised, how things happened to him when he was little. Um, and it truly stems from a lot of those things. Um, as you can see in a lot of uh, films that depict mental illness, it's something that happened to them when they were a child and they just didn't know how to deal with it. And it comes out in these different ways. As for Norman Bates, it came out as his dissociative identity order where he took on the identity as his mother because he was obsessed with his mother and um, even after he killed her. I mean, you guys remember these scenes. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I also found um, this other document which was super interesting from the International Archives of Medicine. Um, in the section of psychology. So it was released in 2018 and the entire, it's 15 pages long and it goes through the analysis of, um, psychopathology in all of Al Alfred Hitchcock's movies. And I think it's super interesting because it goes through each of his films that he's released, like Rear Window, uh, The Wrong Man, um, Vertigo, and of course it does 1960 for Psycho. Um, and the section where it talks about um, the film, um, it basically says, you know, Psycho is an abbreviation of psychopath, which would correspond to the antisocial personality disorder. Um, so it shows that he uh, has abrupt changes in his identity, which I spoke about a little bit earlier in this episode. Um, 
So he actually, um, we see him dress as his mother um, three times in the film. So in the first two scenes, we only see the silhouette of the character, um, which is during the murder of Mary Crane in the bathroom and the death of the detective. Um, one, and then in the end, we can see that it was actually Norman Bates who was dressed as a woman who committed the crimes, not his mother who died 10 years earlier. So it's really interesting. It is 15 pages long, but it does go through each of his films and it's like short little sections written by different doctors, um, and different, um, studies. And, um, I thought I just... It was just so interesting because it's it's a little it's a little bit harder to read than the other ones, but overall, um, you could read it and you would um, you would understand it. Probably just I I had to read it a little bit slower. I actually read it a couple times. Um, so another good point that this um, document makes is um, he was also abused, you know, by his mother. His mother was very uh, clingy, demanding woman. And for years, uh, the two of them lived as if there was no one else in the world. Um, there was also reporting of possible sexual abuse. Um, uh, and Hitchcock just showed a great interest in exploring the causes of this disorder. And he added, which I said at the end, um, the psychologist, Dr. or psychiatrist, Dr. Richmond. Um, another part that I want to share with you that I thought was interesting um was the excerpt it's it basically it says verbatim each personality has a highly complex and integrated set of memory attitudes uh characteristics personal relationships and patterns of behavior most of the times there is a dominant personality that comes to the treatment and carries the patient's legal name but it's not always the case um another part that i uh, thought was interesting i wanted to share with you guys is um for diagnosing this disorder is the president is the presence of dissociative amnesia. Um, dissociative escapes may happen, and one may find oneself suddenly at the beach, at work, at a nightclub, or at home, unaware of how they arrived. In a dissociative identity disorder, amnesia is not limited to stressful or traumatic events, which is what I was talking about earlier. Is if something happens to you as a child, that's you know if something traumatic happens to you as a child, you sort of block it out and you don't quite know um how to get back to that part and that can obviously spill over as you get older if you do not take care of it and do not try to seek treatment for it um so i hope that this wasn't too boring <laughs> um i find it extremely interesting um how as i continue to do more research about horror films how so many of them um really have to do with mental health and I guess I never really noticed it before I guess I never really uh picked up on it I kind of just watched the films as entertainment now this is not for every single one when it comes to like paranormal movies and things like that I you can't really do that unless you find out in the end that it was all in the character's head <laughs> um but for the most part at least the more popular ones as I said in my other podcast uh how the more the psychological horror is what's the scariest um like black swan and split and psycho um because it makes you think of um 
how scary it could possibly be to be in the mind of that person. And uh, that's why I'm excited to continue to do formats like this because I personally think it's interesting. I hope that you guys find this interesting. I hope that you guys aren't bored. <laughs> um, but I do find it very fascinating to delve deeper into the psyche of these films. Um, and some, like last week when I did Knives Out, it was it was interesting to kind of play on the dynamic of like greed and low self-esteem and things like that and how everything derives from something that could possibly have happened to you in your childhood. So <laughs> fair warning to everyone who has children that are listening to this, be good to your kids because you could really fuck them up. <laughs> um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Horror Nights in Podcasts with me, your host, Crystal, and of course, Roxy, who is pretty quiet today. She's taking a nap. Um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, go listen to another one, binge it out, leave me a review, have the best week ever wherever you are, and whatever you do, remember to always give your honest and horrific opinion no matter what, and remember, you are never alone when dealing with your mental health. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Welcome to Horror Nights in Podcast. Scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny. You're gonna need a bigger boat.